Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Jeroen Kortout. He is the co-founder and CEO of SalesFlare, an intelligent CRM built for SMBs selling B2B, mostly popular with agencies and SaaS companies. Uh, Jeroen, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, glad to be here. How are you doing? Awesome. I know that you've got a kind of an interesting story. How did you and your co-founder found SalesFlare? How did that get started? Before I uh, started SalesFlare, I was working in a marketing consultancy and um, I got to use a, a CRM there. It was my my very first CRM is called uh, Salesforce. Some of you might know it. Yep. It's, a, it's a very known one. Basically, Salesforce uh, is a CRM system that I think controls about 20% of the market. Um, so people told me that uh, all kinds of good things, like it would uh, help me organize my sales. And uh, we used it internally as a system to organize literally everything. At least uh, that's what I thought. I really tried to organize myself in Salesforce and it was hard uh, to say the least. Like I tried to use the task system and tried to log things in there, uh, put everything that I know in there. But I very quickly figured that it didn't really seem to work for that purpose. Uh, and neither were my colleagues using it for it. Uh, actually, what we mostly use it for was management reporting. Like our CEO really loved it. He would look at the report, say like, okay, we have this much in pipeline at these companies and all that. It didn't really go much further than that. It wasn't the practical sales tool for, for us to help us sell. It was more of, like I said, a management system. We had all kinds of issues because of that. I, I won't bore you with all the details, but let's say uh, often uh, mistakes would happen uh, at sales meetings. We would have... Uh, We'd often have uh, serious discussions about like, why, why are two people talking to the same company, two different countries, and why don't we know? Things like that. And then our CEO would say, like, oh, what's not in Salesforce doesn't exist, right? I didn't do anything with that insight for a few years until I was working with my co-founder on a, on, a, on a software company. We went to a big conference and we had a lot of leads. And we looked for a good system to organize that. They were all people who showed interest in our, in our software. And uh, we just wanted to close the maximum amount of deals. And we knew Salesforce wasn't going to help. Uh, we looked a bit around. We saw much better systems, uh, really practical systems that help you uh, sell. But there weren't any systems that really stuck with us. So very nice systems, well-designed and all that. 
but somehow we just couldn't manage using them consistently. And why was that? We quickly figured that it wasn't really the system. It was more us. Like these systems would expect that we would perfectly fill them out consistently every single data point, like everything that happened. We met a new person at a company. Uh, they send us an email with their details, you know, every single thing, every time you think CRM and you put in the CRM and that's just not who we were, uh, who we are in general. And we figured that most salespeople aren't like that. It's just really hard uh, to live up to these expectations. And then we also figured that actually most of that data that we put into a CRM, it actually is already in another system. So the fact that we're in touch with someone is in our uh, mailbox or calendar or phone. Um, the emails that we exchange with them, their names and email addresses, their email signatures with phone numbers and addresses and all that. There's company databases with more info about the company. There's the fact that you sent these emails, had meetings, placed calls, whether they opened these emails, clicked on them, went to the website, all these kind of things are there, can be tracked. It just isn't there automatically for the salesperson. Somehow the salesperson needs to fill it out. And we figured we can change that. So that's uh, seven years ago. We had that light bulb moment. Um, and uh, that's when we decided to start Salesflare. And uh, nowadays, <laughs> very quick fast forward, uh, we're at a bit more than 2000 customers um, using the software actively. And um, things are going well. We're going beyond uh, automating just data now because as soon as all that data is automatically available there, you can, you can use it to follow up, but you can actually do so much more. Like a lot of things in the sales process are not stuff that salespeople are particularly good at, are things that can be automated that are much better done by computers. And we're working uh, constantly to, to improve that. All right. So the long version of that story should be in a book if it's not already. Now, I want to unpack some of that because we also were frustrated with existing software solutions in the marketplace when it came to project management. And we couldn't get any of them to do exactly what we wanted. So we too built our own. So I'm curious from your perspective, I get the frustration, the, hey, we're missing these pieces and we want this and it doesn't do that. How did you then say, let's start, even though we're in an agency, hey, let's start a software company. We were in a software company. So ah, we had it. that, that uh, it, we actually were in business intelligence. So we would complement uh, uh, a business intelligence product of IBM. Uh, all the things that they didn't do well, we, we added. Um, and that was actually going well. But for some reason, this just seems so much bigger and so much more exciting. Sales is, a, is, is, is an essential part of every business. The CRM is the essential software for that. And if it doesn't work and we can fix that, why would we do something else, right? So we uh, very quickly took the plunge. Um, the other software business stayed a bit on the side for a while uh, until we closed it off. And um, the first things we did basically was it was very lean. Um, we made uh, a deck. Uh, we figured we need to have investments. It was a bit naive. Like we, we thought we need to spend our time on this, so we need money. Um, and um, we basically built the deck uh, and a prototype. And we uh, talked to some investors. We got into an incubator and an accelerator. We went talking to people on the road. Um, that actually all turned out well. 
Um, we didn't get the investments. Uh, we did get into the incubator and the accelerator. Uh, nobody wanted to buy it. <laughs> uh, what we should have done actually in the beginning was uh, starting with customer interviews. This is what we, we did four months later only. Uh, it's really going from our own experience of the problem and trying to see who has that same issue, how does that issue look for them and trying to really dig into that before then um, building a, a minimum version of the product, um, which is what we did afterwards as well, uh, to then give to people to try to make them use it. And then after you try to make them use it, try to uh, get them to pay for it and, and so on. All right, so obviously there have been uh, bumps in the road along the way. What are some of the biggest adversity challenges you've overcome and what are some of the biggest lessons you learned? Yeah, so in the beginning, it's all about um, getting these customers and, and before you run out of money. So the two main issues are uh, sales isn't going and uh, the money is ending. So it's, it's really uh, a struggle at that point um, to stay alive. Like you're, you're, you're somewhere in between these two lines. Um, but after a while, when you, when the business starts rolling, actually the main issue is, is I would say, um, hiring the right people at the right time. Um, and that's where we had some of the, the most difficult bumps in the road, I would say. Um, we hired too early for some roles. Uh, we, uh, selected the wrong people. Uh, like for instance, we, we hired a classic mistake, um, is hiring a salesperson before you've even, uh, figured out yourself how to sell your product a few times. Uh, every, every person I talk to now, and it's often technical co-founders of companies, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not so good at sales. Um, I should maybe hire a salesperson. And I always say like, if you, as a, as a co-founder of this company, if you cannot sell it and you are the one who knows the product, who knows the issue, who's most passionate about it, you know, through and through you live the thing. If you cannot sell it, I assure you, you cannot get a salesperson to sell it for you because you, you can't even like teach the salesperson. You first need to figure that out by yourself. And once you figured it out, you can hire a salesperson. Someone is better than you at actually selling it, but first you need to do it yourself. And we actually, uh, we actually did the opposite, even as, uh, as uh, let's say experts in sales, not so much maybe at that point, uh, we hired uh, an, another, another person to do it. Uh, but other mistakes when it comes to hiring is, uh, Hiring without really checking whether someone fits into your company culture is a huge mistake or hiring someone before you know whether you like to, uh, working together or, or before you know whether they actually um, fit with the values in the sense like, are they someone who really wants to learn? Uh, we are so much more rigorous nowadays uh, in, our, in our hiring process than we were uh, at the start. Awesome. Those are great pointers. Your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do now? I always like building stuff, uh, creating value, and then uh, working with people. You build a product and you see that growing and you see people uh, experiencing it and liking it. And then you, you listen to what they want and you, you adapt to that. It's, it's on the product level, uh, that's really exciting. On the team level, that's really exciting as well. Like building a team and seeing 
how does the team want to improve? What do they need? And always seeing that grow and improve. Um, and also on, on brand and, and, and marketing level, um, really understanding your messaging and always improving that, building on that. It's just this, this overall sense of progression, of, of growth, of building and uh, being able to contribute to that every day and, and getting positive feedback helps also. Uh, that's, that's, that's really what I enjoy most. Awesome. You talked about some of the challenges you've overcome along the way. What's your biggest opportunity coming now? 2000 users is great. How do you get you know, the next 2000? That's a very good question. Uh, we, we, we mostly get our users from word of mouth, um, from uh, Google and review sites and from content marketing. Word of mouth, of course, grows with your amount of users. Uh, and it's not something we can just trick. Of course, we need to turn people into bigger fans than they already are. Uh, but that's, that's hard to, to, to really, really grow. Um, we are currently mostly working on uh, increasing traffic from Google uh, by trying to be, be visible in as many places as possible. Um, and we keep working on that content marketing. This is a machine that you build up over years, uh, like an, an building up the, the SEO value of an article already takes often six months. Building up the SEO value of an entire uh, site uh, takes way, way longer. Uh, but it's very rewarding because as a machine um, starts rolling, it just uh, it just starts working better and better, better for you without you having to spend any extra money on that. It's really an investment. Awesome. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. What are some of the biggest mistakes you find professional salespeople and folks in that type of sales role? What are some of the biggest mistakes they're making that obviously your platform solves? Oh, that, that our platforms solve specifically. Yes. <laughs> we, we mainly focus on follow-up and that's something very hard for salespeople. So, so put yourself in a situation like, imagine first you have um, one or two customers and uh, you try to do the best you can uh, for them. And the best experience for them is that uh, you know exactly what they want, you know when it's the best time to get in touch with them again, uh, you adapt to their needs and at each point, you know exactly what the next step is and you, you uh, point them towards that until they buy and they're happy and you keep following up. Now, when you're one or two customers, uh, when you're uh, an average salesperson and you apply a bit of empathy and you try to put yourself in your customer's shoes, I'm sure you can, you can sort of do it. But then imagine doing that for tens or even hundreds of uh, prospects or customers that's when it, it's really the average salesperson uh, gets distinguished from the, from the great salesperson, because then it's all about trying to scale that. It's really all about having a system um, with which you can keep that same level of personal touch of having each prospect or customer feel like they're, they're the only one uh, you're caring about at that moment. Uh, you need some sort of way to organize yourself. And that's where, um, a CRM like ours comes in. Um, and that's really where, where a lot of the, the opportunities are in terms of uh, customer satisfaction and, and definitely uh, growing your revenue because it, it can make a huge difference um, if, you, if you're well organized. Absolutely. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. 
for our listeners and our viewers who want to learn more about SalesFlare, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, the best place is uh, salesflare.com uh, and Flare is it F-L-A-R-E. Uh, you can learn all about our software there, just read. Uh, you can also uh, get a trial if you like. So try the software uh, in, in real life. Uh, trials are anywhere between seven and 30 days because we give you extra days on the trial as you set it up because we've seen that people who um, we set up the software further are much more successful in the long run uh, to get properly set up. And if you want to get in touch with me, um, you can do that on LinkedIn. Just uh, there's only one person with my name, so that's not really <laughs> difficult. Um, but when you connect, please uh, include a personal message uh, that says that you you heard this on the Sharpener podcast, because otherwise you will disappear in a sea of uh, LinkedIn spam. So include a personal message for sure. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Jeroen Courthout from salesflare.com. Jeroen, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. This was fun. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.